Hello everybody, um, welcome to Constructing the Clubhouse, the best comedy podcast in the world about two idiots starting a comedy club in Barcelona in the middle of a pandemic, although uh, no longer in the middle of a pandemic. Still starting a comedy club, we're still in the process of starting it. I thought it would have been started by now, but it is not started. We are getting it started. Uh, and here, someone who's been part of the whole process... The wonderful Jacob Kirkov, is that right? Uh, yeah, Kerkhove. I think that's the pronunciation that, that people use in my country. The best Belgian in Barcelona uh, in the English comedy scene, I think. You're the only Belgian around. Do you know any other Belgians here? No, I killed all of them, so it's fine. They're legally combi. Nice. I killed myself in the um in the clip that we're releasing today on on Instagram. Oh, well, my uh, my character that that people are gonna have their minds blown by this. That that's actually me playing it. Michael Maxwell killed uh, John Ellis. It was very tragic. And and then you're wondering why you get blocked from TikTok, right? No, we got we got blocked from TikTok because Gabby Killick was on here talking about um how to get. 13 year old boys uh, teaching 13 year old boys how to uh, find clitori is it clitori <laughs> uh, I, I think people know what what, what is meant yeah clitorin <laughs> clitorin uh, i don't know what the plural of that is so today on the podcast uh, i'm joined by jacob kirkov and the guy you may or may not be able to see with the camera is tommy armstrong <laughs> Tommy is a fan of ours, uh, sort of. He he followed us on Instagram. He's been commenting on all of our Instagram videos and makes his own Instagram videos, makes his own very funny Instagram videos as well. Uh, so he's in Barcelona. He's hanging out and happy to have him on the podcast as well. You can speak if you want, or you're welcome to just um, <laughs> just film in the background. It's, it's completely months, up to you. And this, this project that you guys are working on is one of the coolest things that is happening anywhere. So I'm so excited to be here for Yes. Yeah. Yes. We got a we got a hype man. We got a hype man. That is uh, good news. Um, yeah, Matt's not here right now, unfortunately. Um, he right, he got the times mixed up, and then I realized that Marco's in the studio now. So I was like, "Well, Jacob's here. We're gonna record something while we have time, and uh, maybe we'll come back another day. I'm not sure." really what the plan is uh but sometimes this podcast can be badly organized jake if you're not going to believe that really something in a clubhouse that is badly yeah, organized yeah, it's, impossible that's uh i never saw that happen i'd say it's our only weakness you know, now is is the organization of this podcast the cool. scheduling of of this uh podcast studio that's my biggest weakness at, at work too at um i had to do a podcast i was talking to you guys about from my, my job yeah description, but i worked there for a year and six months or a year and eight months and never never released any podcasts a lot of people i mean there's people that are recording podcasts in here and they've done 10 episodes haven't released yeah. any of them so it's just something that always falls on like the list of priorities when there's like so much like i feel like your priority right now is creating funny content that like you can retain people with well it's just it's a views thing right like vim's wanting to to produce more horizontal longer form youtube videos and, and i want to do the same thing but nobody listens to them or watches them at all you get we we might get f four or five thousand views on a, a video we release on tiktok or whatever that's all the short form oh, yeah. and then we made an amazing video you, you would have seen the wrestling video we did on on youtube oh god yeah well i don't think i've seen yeah i've seen something of it yeah so you you didn't even see it and it's I think it was great. It was Andy Perez made it, and it's it's one of the best things we've made. But I, I really, really pushed for it, and it got about 300 views on YouTube. Well, so. I, I, I was here. I saw him, like, walking around in the bar uh, shirtless, and I was like, okay, uh, that's, a, that's a statement. Yeah, that was a, that was a good night. It is crazy how hard it is to get, like, views on, on YouTube compared to other things. So this guy that was walking shirtless around, he was in the YouTube video? Yeah, I mean, we so it was for the Bomb Shelter show, and we, we had... This guy Andy and a professional wrestler come in, and they had like this this spat on stage, and it devolved into this full wrestling brawl. And we were filming it with multiple cameras, and oh, yeah. uh, 
yeah, it was it was amazing and engaging and fantastic, and people didn't watch it at all, uh, which. Uh, maybe we're just bad, you know. Mister no. Mister Beast thinks. If you ask him, he's like, "Look, if you just make good videos, people will watch it." <laughs> I think that's the experience yeah. that like people everywhere, except for like Joel Haver and like you know people who are making like funny, good content that's like kind of you know at like a decent length on YouTube. It's like impossible to get views. It's crazy all these niches that there are on YouTube. Like yeah. people will watch like. 90 part two hour each like documentaries about like a certain crime or something um and then the people who post those long videos because they have so many ads that make so much money yeah and people who fake things that are as if they're real like things people who stage things and make it seem as if like it's but then there's these you know people who are creating really good fiction work mm-hmm. like, you're supposed to trust that is you know we're just trying to make something that's funny it's so much more difficult to authentically like retain people out I was just going to say, uh, if you want to get views on TikTok or YouTube, basically just pay for ads and they will be seen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the... Uh, just throw millions at it, John. That's millions. the dark temptress <laughs> that's, that's trying to trying to pull us in. That's, that's always an option. You got to win like a little bit first without having paid anything, and then they, they take it away from you, and then they're like, pay um, 50 bucks to advertise this... <laughs> freaking really you post on your story yeah that's what they do with tinder as well like if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't been on on tinder before you download it for the first time yeah, they're like here are some women <laughs> that oh they like you too and then that then that disappears and then it's like well you have to if you if you want anyone to see you anymore you have to pay the money um, they have a blur feature now as well right like 10 women like you and then you see like a bunch of blurred pictures i have to pay to figure out who it is or something (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's rough i don't know i'm not on any of those are you on the you on bumble well i guess i technically have an account i don't really have the patience for it i guess it's just uh well i I don't like the rejection of it that was what i was trying to say yeah but it's like you swipe and swipe and swipe and then like someone swipes you back and then it's like they're expecting you to say something original that like not the other five hundred other guys that have texted her have sent. Yeah, uh, so I'm like, hi. <laughs> what's the one where girls speak first? It's Bumble, right? Where where women send the first message. Yeah, so I was well, on that back in the day, and and a lot of them will just send exactly the same thing that women in their Tinder bios say that you shouldn't say, which is just like, hey, or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. and I feel like they just give you permission to try and be charming at that stage. There's no uh, onus on them. Uh, to, <laughs> uh, to come up with a particularly creative pickup line or anything like that. Do you have a pickup line you use on, on Tinder? On Tinder? No, like, I gave up on that. I used to have one in Dutch, but it only made sense in Dutch because in Dutch we have this saying, like, the true Jacob, which basically meant, like, uh, well, the true person you're looking for in your life. That's, like, something they say. Uh, so I used that in my pickup line, are you looking for the true Jacob? Yeah. Which obviously uh, never worked. <laughs> but no, I have like these problems with Tinder that I text something and it's like already rare that they text back, but it's like, how do I keep a conversation like this going? Because this woman lives like 10 kilometers away from me. That's completely different interest than, I, than me. The only thing that I actually know about her is <laughs> that she looked hot. So, yeah. yeah. And that sweet. 50 characters of text or whatever that she has about exactly, herself. Exactly, that, that's what she loves. Reads. She loves traveling and she loves coffee and she loves dogs. Uh, I had a pretty good Tinder pickup line back in the day, I think. Uh, I used to say, um, hey, hey, let... <laughs> so stupid. I'd say, I'd say, hey, let me know if you're a real person and I'll think of something clever to say. And they'd be, <laughs> there, they'd be like, of course I'm a real person. Ha ha ha, why didn't you think I was a real person? And then I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd say, oh, I'm sorry, it was just unreal how pretty you are. Is that, <laughs> is that cute? I don't know if that's cute or not. But honestly, uh, I am a real <laughs> person, of course. It's like the first thing that a scam bot would say. Yeah. So maybe she wasn't. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's the first thing the robots learn is how to trick you into thinking that they're not a robot. Yeah. You're going to ask them, like, math questions and stuff. I always, fe- I always feel a bit scam. You know, on the internet where they're like, 
they're like, just to check you're not a robot, you have to point out the buses, or they ask you a, a, a maths question or something. Very annoying, right? Because it's a robot that's testing you on that <laughs> shit. Like, I know you're just trying to train yourself, make yourself smarter, so you can do all kinds of nefarious shit. Yeah, I do not trust them. I'm not the sketchy one here for trying to log on to Amazon.com. Yeah, you know? exactly. Unbelievable. Now there's all this two-factor authentification authentication type stuff. Google's asking me for two-factor authentication and then it doesn't even send me text messages properly. This so we've been... Sometimes with some, uh, you know, my bank and... I don't know if I should reveal it, personal information, but yeah, I have trouble with, like, different um, places that can't get a text through, but they can get a call through. Oh, that's weird. What's your PIN number for that bank? <laughs> just... <laughs> just uh, that might be the problem. I don't know. That might be... <laughs> That might, yeah, I'm a, Jacob's an IT guy, so he could probably uh, yeah. he could probably like, troubleshoot. Well, man, uh, <laughs> I've had uh, a nightmare recently because uh, I joined this WhatsApp group of what is it like Barcelona Hub or like for hosts, and I've been recently in there, and at some day, at some point, someone shared in plain text uh, an Instagram password in there, and I, I I went crazy. I was like, I need to walk after this. Like, if I would do that at my company. They would fire me on the spot. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I kind of just don't think anyone ever wants to hack me, you know. I'm pretty <laughs> pretty yes. useless at that, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, it always sure. uh, scares me a bit about how lax people are with security. Mm, because if you don't have two-factor two authentication, like a simple password, like literally anyone can just get to know anything about you and like take your identity and stuff like that. And Yep, 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 yep. I have a friend. I won't say who this person is, but but her pin number for her card was uh, one two three four, uh, and her justification was like, oh, but but it's cool. Like no one would ever guess one two three four because the banks tell you not to choose one two three four, so it's against the rules to even do it. So why would anybody? Do it, you know. Yeah, that was her. As if someone's going to be guessing all their pin codes and start with one, two, three, five. You know, <laughs> it's like wild. The answer was wild in plain sight all along. Yeah, one, yeah. One, two, three. Like, <laughs> it's the final thing they guess. They're like, oh no, it has to be ah. <laughs> anyway, you're going to get fired, Jacob. Um. Well. Um. No. No, what are you talking about, John? I heard you were going to get fired. I heard you give it out the company uh, Instagram password. Uh, I feel like this is being <laughs> recorded, so no, I am not. <laughs> uh, don't worry, I don't think anyone's going to listen to it. Um, uh, there's a lot of people listening to your podcast. I've listened to like uh, three quarters of the episodes. So. But you're only one person, Jack. <laughs> I am everyone. I, like, I represent half of Barcelona, all right? I think we have a small but loyal listener base. Uh, that's uh is it do, do, you, the, do you get stats or no yeah i don't want to share them though <laughs> i right yeah we love our listeners but i do wish that they were more that there were more of them dr matthew murtha is in the house everybody give it up for dr matthew murtha welcome doc we're just trying to get jacob's secrets uh he's not getting fired he yeah apparently he's not getting fired. no the the, the actual answer is well first i didn't want to share it on the podcast but thank you for making me uh (laughs) the, the thing is that i actually don't know um yet for sure uh for a while it didn't seem good i got the feedback that was quite negative i'm still in probation so it seemed like i wasn't gonna pass the probation but it was the first time that I got feedback ever, so I uh, took care of that, and then I got some more positive feedback, and I don't know, now it's like hanging above me, and I don't know where I'm at. Do you so have that's like a bit the situation. Do you have a time in the future where they're going to give you more feedback? Well, the, I guess if the last feedback was positive, that's pretty good, right? I don't know, because it was like first a whole list of like things. Um, which like sure, uh, it was it was interesting that I like never heard of anything, and. Um, now I took care of the things that they asked for. It's always in, like, if you want me to do something, maybe ask for it. Uh, maybe be clear what, what the job description actually is and what you're expecting from me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I will know soon uh, if I pass probation or not, because that's like in May. Um, May 4th. May f- no, well, May 4th. That's their last chance. The 5th, I think. I, I'm actually not sure. Like, I feel like they know more... Uh, or better when my probation is about to end than I actually know at this point. Um, 
So they've got like a deadline. They have to make a decision before May 4th. Well, it's something, and, and I think it's like specific to Spain because I've had the situation once before. Because like I worked in Amsterdam and their probation is like two months and basically two months you, you, you get past that. And in Belgium, there is no probation period there. It's basically if you suck, you can always get fired. Uh, here in Spain, in probation period, the six cold hard streets of Belgium. That seems good to me. That seems That's, like uh, it works. And here in Spain, it's like it's six months of harsh evaluation, and then after those six months, you have like very strict laws uh, about getting fired, oh, and getting to court, stuff like that. Our accountant said it was fine. Like we could just do it if we wanted to. We just basically, if they're on a permanent contract, we have to pay them more as a severance. So you get a three-month contract or a six-month contract. If you fire them within that time, you have to pay, I don't know, it's like 2% of the total amount that they've earned in a severance. And if they're a full-time contract, it's like 10 or 15% or something right, like that. Right, right. Well, no, but this is, I'm not sure if that's like the That's law. why it's best to get it done before six months. Yeah, well. But in my case, I, I don't know what you, sure what the law is, but there is something that indeed businesses do. If, they get, if someone gets fired after six months, they pay like a few months and then try to agree and make you sign a contract, whatever, NDA. We're not, I'm not going to spread anything, so that's basically how it's hand off. Um, um, but in the first six months, basically you're fucked because they can fire you any day and you're not going to get any money. And that's it. That's how the law works here. You should get a little, I think, because we had to give Julian no, some. No, but that's because they're on a, on a short contract. Um, I'm on yeah. In <clears throat> I'm on an indefinite contract in theory, and I've been one in my first job here. Um, Who's this creepy guy outside? Yeah, Tommy's, Tommy's been uh, creeping around filming us and stuff well, like well, that. There, he, there he... was another guy, right? He was also looking at... Oh, yeah, he guy. just, I don't know, just seemed like a friendly guy. Oh, yeah? Uh, we have about two minutes. Just uh, <laughs> two or three minutes. Um, no, this was a fun podcast, right? <laughs> well, no, I was thinking that we could uh, redo it from the showroom. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah, let's do that. Let's that let's um, do it with a phone or do it with whatever, and then we can clip it in. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, or with this thing, I think that's that thing looks like a time bomb. Yeah, that's Tommy's. He screws that into the top of his uh, his camera. Wow. So, so what have you spoken about before? Um, <clears throat> me getting fired or not getting fired, and Tinder, and that's that's. All right, well, it's so. great to get into the mind of one of our best customers and a uh, great Barcelona showrunner. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us, Jacob. I've been Dr. Matt. <laughs> I've been John Allison. Well, I, I've been begging to be on this podcast for two That's years. That's all the time we have tonight, folks. <laughs> Thank you so sorry, much. All right. Sorry, sorry, Jacob. No, we'll, we'll do some more on the recording. Uh, to be continued, I believe. Yeah, okay. Let's go downstairs then. What's up, Jacob? Yeah, welcome back to the most professionally organized podcast in Barcelona. Black, baby, yeah, Jacob's been judging our level of um, professionalism. Wait, how did the podcast before? Eh? How did you introduce the podcast? I did, I did our old introduction. <laughs> I did the original t- two idiots starting a comedy club in the middle yep. of a pandemic in Barcelona. It has a bit more of a ring to it than, than two idiots oh. starting a comedy club, period. Period. <laughs> So, yeah, I still would like a different option. Um, but it also is a bit of a mouthful trying to do the starting an English comedy club in a Catalan city in a Spanish yeah. country. That's like, that's a bit much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how the quality of this sound is going to be. Um, I, well, we've got two different recordings. Well, I actually have like a professional microphone at home and like I have like a license for StreamYard, the best online platform to do podcasts. Yeah, we are. But I did no upfront, so uh, yeah. Well, this is good, Jacob. I feel like now we're going to get to see the real Jacob here on the Constructing the Clubhouse podcast. Yeah, in a, do- in a dark room in the basement, that's where I come to life. Yeah. This is the green room. This is the room where comedians can truly be themselves, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a little bit too much of that at times, but... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's on the list of things to talk about. (laughs) Tell us, man, what's on the list of things to talk about? Well, uh, first I want to talk about your... How you came to the clubhouse. (laughs) First time. I got lost. (laughs) Nice. This was up in Champlot, right? At Limerick's. Um, well, I actually followed the community a few times before you opened the clubhouse already. So right, that, Dorothea? Yeah, I've been to Dorothea, right. I've been to one, what is this, Lambiquis bar before, but when they yep. did shows there. Um, and yeah, also like 
Limerick, but before it was the clubhouse, I, I, I was there before as well. So I already knew you before yeah. you started. Uh... I forgot about the Dorit. I think my first memory of you is at Dorotea. Is it? I think so. Well, it's a long time. It was like pre-pandemic. Yeah. The... I think you still were wearing like the same yellow shirt that you wear maybe once a week. No, because I did become fatter, so it doesn't fit anymore. Uh, was it an orange one? I have a lot of orange and yellow and flashy green t-shirts. Like it's like a whole thing in my head because I used to wear black all the time and I thought like if I like wear colors I will become less depressed. But yeah. now I'm like a depressed person wearing colors. Which doesn't really wear out. A sheep in wolf's clothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Did you tell me the other night that you were into goth music for a minute? I'm not into goth no, emo music. Back uh, in the day. Yeah. Well, what are we talking? Panic at the Disco? Yeah, Simple Plan. I was I like Paramore, Paramore, like we like go music when I was a teenager. <laughs> Avril Lavigne, Paramore. Ah, it was, maybe it was Avril Lavigne. Oh yeah, she was good. <laughs> yeah. She told me, hey, hey, you, you, I want to be your girlfriend. I was like, oh, you can be. <laughs> totally. You guys didn't have she that? said that to everyone though, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't ruin it, all right? You guys didn't have an Avril Lavigne song on your iPod Touches? iPods? Uh, wow. <laughs> I definitely did have um, Skater Boy, and I still that's still when I go to my my playlist for um for my gym workouts. Oh yeah, yeah, Skater Boy. Skater Boy is one of the top top options. Skater Boy zero zero eight dot MP three. That was like <laughs> those were the days. And it's by the way a very popular song. It was the song Vam used in the Marnie video that's been our, yeah. our most successful. Very successful on TikTok as well, by the way. Yeah, um, that particular one. Yeah, it was on my karaoke machine. It's very popular. Nice. TikTok actually is a place that you found some, or was it YouTube that, Shorts? That I found love. Um, well, I'll get to your love life in a moment. The thing is, um, I, and I think I've explained this a few times before in the scene is... Not to our listeners. Not to your listeners. That's why I'm going to say it now, Matt. Uh, <laughs> what happened is I got banned from Facebook a long time ago, payment, so I couldn't use it for ads. Uh, and still, I'm still banned in payments for like nearly two years now. What for? Well, the reason was actually very simple. Um, on my birthday two years ago, I basically wanted to do the one of those Facebook fundraiser thingies. And I did one for the Belgian suicide hotline because that was like something I cared about. And I donated 200 euro with a Spanish credit card and a Facebook setup in English. So the algorithm or the fraud system of Facebook was like Belgian fundraiser? Guy in Spain, Spanish credit card and language, not in Spanish. Okay, this must be fraud. Yeah. So they marked me as fraud. I contacted their customer support 500 times. Like I have so many cases, Zoom threatened to sue them, send a legal and uh, cease and desist letter, um, threw shit at them online, like tweeted at them, like did everything I could. I'm still blocked. So that sucks. Does yeah. the suicide line ever get their money? Well, I gave them the money eventually uh, through wire transfer because I felt like I set up this uh, this fundraiser. Other people were donating and I couldn't, so it felt like a bit shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I wrote like a comedy bit and then I was like really like blaming Facebook for like uh, encouraging suicide in Belgium and stuff like that. But <laughs> oh, I'm, I, there's probably like statistical evidence for that. Well, definitely with Instagram. Anyway, yeah. since that happened... Shout out to our 13 to 19 year old <laughs> yeah. population. I think that, yeah. But the thing was, since all of that happened, then like Facebook being becoming shit, I like started using TikTok myself, watching it. I started using other platforms. So first I did like TikTok and then I started posting my videos there and primarily there. Um, because there I could like still, well, first I didn't advertise, but I could like still do things there that I couldn't do on the other platforms. And that's how I started using TikTok. And then after like using TikTok, I think it was Victoria that told me you should use YouTube Shorts because it's like a new thing and it's like very you get a lot of views there. So now I start like triple posting to YouTube Shorts, TikTok, and Reels on Instagram. Still, do you well. do that manually or do you have something that I do posts to all of them at once? I do it manually because it's not allowed to post to all of them at once. I do it manually. Yeah, I never got that, that to work, the auto-posting for it. So now we're only posting occasionally on the um, on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. And it's all different lengths for stuff as well. So so Instagram is 90 seconds, TikTok's up to 3 minutes, and then YouTube is like a minute. Oh, up to 10 minutes? No, it's 10 minutes already. Wow. YouTube? 
TikTok, TikTok. Uh, YouTube's like yeah. a minute or yeah, under. Full sixty seconds, which sucks. Yeah, it's, it's tough to get under that. It's always whatever like medium is has the lowest like maximum is whatever like has to dictate your content or else you just don't post everything. Sure. Or, or you have to do like double the work because you gotta. Not yeah, do like extra extra edits or whatever. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Um, it's weird because YouTube is the most sophisticated and then when it comes to the shorts they're like no but it's good because YouTube has full length video so you basically do a short to promote your full length video and you say like hey want to see the rest go watch my videos subscribe uh, pay money to the bullshit I'm trying to sell you Uh, and now you have to censor your podcast Uh, last 10 seconds of every YouTube short (laughs) yeah Yeah, so YouTube already but I think like TikTok now is what YouTube was in the beginning, where people just throw like their utter garbage videos on <laughs> and try to be seen. And YouTube lost that a bit because it's now professional videos primarily, video clips and like Mr. Beast making 30 minute videos. YouTube is all you need in terms of content consumption. It has it has the shorts, it has documentaries, <laughs> it has like really intriguing stories about people and stuff like that. Like, people recommend me Netflix shows or other shows. I'm like, no, I'm, 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 I've got YouTube. I'm, I'm, I'm sweet. Don't, yeah. don't you worry about it. Yeah, exactly. And they, have, they you can watch movies on it now as well, I think. Some movies. Yeah, some movies. That, I mean, it's it's everything now. So I think that's why they added the shorts, that you can still like have something to have fun with. The shorts are just a, a distraction to me because they always have like really enticing like uh, thumbnails and titles and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like I know it's te- it's a short. It's like twenty seconds. It's, it's a trap. And when I get on YouTube, <laughs> I want to watch uh, a television show length piece of something a bit more meaty content. Yeah, I think YouTube. A lot of it seems to be about the uh, the titles and the thumbnails. Unfortunately, it seems like that's most of the effort you should put into your YouTube videos that you make. You make a five-minute video, you spend three hours making the video, and then you spend six hours brainstorming the title and creating the perfect thumbnail. Yeah, and then three weeks testing to see which... Yeah, split-testing all the different titles instead of just being like, this is a sick video, people like this one, you know? I feel also like it's becoming so engineered, like Mr. Beast videos are like, you start watching the video and the first five seconds, they already go and giving like flash-forwards of what's gonna happen. Yeah. There's like someone screaming, this is gonna happen, it's amazing, you should keep watching, this is gonna happen totally. Yeah. I feel like it's so over-engineered, like television shows back in the day had that less because like people watched it and then told their friends about it or whatever it depends on the u.s reality shows work like that right now if you oh yeah it's horrible it's (laughs) i mean for like ice road trucker you know they they say coming up will they get across the lake and then they they do like a little bit of story and like ted used to be an alcoholic and now he's a nice road trucker but will that last (laughs) and you just watch like and then 10 minutes of 15 commercial breaks right yeah and After the e- commercial break. <laughs> on either side of the commercial break, there's the same fucking video clip. Now, I, I brought up TikTok, uh, though, Jacob, because now you're one of uh, Barcelona's premier showrunners. Am I? I don't know if... I, I actually don't know if anybody else would see it that way, but you've, you're running multiple shows, right? Well, I run one show in two locations, which I kind of want to trim down on, because it's uh, six shows a month is a... Uh, Already a lot. Actually, let, let before we piss off our listen, let's let's rate them. Who there's us <laughs> and Louise, yeah, and then uh, Andy and Hector because they've got I don't know how much oh, of a team they are. Anymore, I'd be tempted to put um, they're, they're the original James, right? Ah, uh, James. Yeah, James does James, a little stuff. James and Jamie. James does a little yeah, stuff that's James outside of it. Barcelona, but in terms of the stuff he does, I really love how how uh, highly produced it all is. I, I think yeah, like J- James and stuff. Jamie are taking it in quantity for sure. Quantity. Yeah, the uh, amount like of shows. shows. Yeah, yeah. And then we have new showrunners Gemma and Bart. Merrick. Merrick. Yeah. Did Merrick's show the other day? No Mike. No Mike project. Um. And then you have me. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's Jacob. I was just thinking about it, though, because I know that you complain about feeling on the outside a bit. And uh, it's just, you know, I, I bet Louise kind of feels that way at times, but he's doing all right. He's just very 
independently driven though that's that's one thing i really like well, about so him. he doesn't he doesn't seem to to <laughs> need to be on the inside he's he doesn't like, want it if he i don't know if, if we had a deal with him that he wasn't happy with it wouldn't be a a, a discussion or an argument he'd just be like all right well catch you later i'm yeah. gonna go do my my own yeah. thing somewhere else which i think is i don't know I, i'm, I'm a bit personal like that drama with him which not is really all. refreshing yeah, it's profession a professional relationship then maybe we should all start doing that like being professional <laughs> and he brought us pizza the other night which was it was oh, the biggest right. lifesaver i just hadn't eaten all day i've been doing that recently and I, like started started the spotlight show and then was just about to die and Luis came in with two pizzas and thanks to him I'm still alive today. What a big angel! Yeah, yeah, I hugged him. I don't hug anyone. I, I hugged him. <laughs> Wait, was it Luis or, or Andy that did brought the pizza? No, Luis. Luis brought pizza. Andy hasn't brought me shit. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah. Right. So maybe you're not one of the city's biggest showrunners yet, but I think this is a bit. Um, I feel like people were not expecting the success of the show that is currently going on, inclu- primarily including me. <laughs> uh, but tonight is going to be an easy night, so there's that. So it's uh, uh, you, because there's not many people, or uh, it's slower than usual. Uh, yeah. I thought I always like try to build up, and I start with like. I don't know, like it was like a really boost because Black Lab also promoted it. So there was like 60, 70 people on the very first one. It's hard to build up from there. You're going to just lose people from there onwards. A lot of shows do really well on their first one and then tail off. Yeah, but then I was like, I had a few evenings that were like 30 people, 35 people. I think 35 was like the least amount. And then there were like people talking in the back. The speaker wasn't working. The microphone wasn't good. People were complaining about that. And I started like working towards those problems. So I bought a pro- proper mic. The bar installed some speakers that I could use. I told people to fuck up. No, I told people <laughs> to, to, to enjoy the comedy. And I got a little bit better at hosting as well, I think, along the way. And then I saw that those numbers going up to like 40, 50 a week. Um, but of course, it's only been like four months now. And now it's like that I've got these things back at 50. And the last three shows I got... 50 people like Thursday, Monday, Thursday in a row. That's great. Uh, now I don't want to go back to, to thir- no, I really want to like keep this up and like get higher numbers and higher numbers until uh, uh, the moon and uh, you know, yeah. Bitcoin and uh, no. Let's go Bitcoin. Yeah, what do you have against cryptocurrency, Jacob? Everything. Oh, Jesus, we don't have time for that. <laughs> no, I mean, like. It bought the couch or something. The, 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 yeah, the, 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 inter- the interesting thing is, like, um, for the listeners, like, a year or maybe two years ago, I was on a podcast that was never released. Uh, uh, the Doc Cobbler show, I think, or something like that. And yeah. there I actually explained frustrations towards cryptocurrencies and bitcoins and call it a scam. I think that was in a nutshell what I was, like, saying. Yeah. And then after that, the entire crypto market crashed... People went to jail. People stopped investing in it. So it would have been cool if you actually published that video. I heard you read it on Sam Bankman Fried. Yeah. <laughs> what were the other two like crypto banks that crashed? Is SBF and? Uh... But those weren't crypto. Those were regular banks, no? Well, I thought uh, the... this is not where people go for their economic. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> you imagine. No, but the problem with crypto was that it was just a, a hype. Um, like, blockchain itself... Jacob, this is not... We're not... We're not, doing we're not disparaging crypto on this podcast. <laughs> that's not what this podcast is about. Blockchain is cool. That's what I'm saying. As a technology, it works. The thing is, you can't use it for everything, and it's not going to, like, change the world in the way that they hyped crypto at the time. Because it was... If something, like, seems too good to be true, it usually is. That's yeah, well, that's why there's so there's so many of these crypto scams at the moment that all seem too good to be true. Now, now, now we're getting into a wave with AI. Like AI was cool as a technology, and it's really useful, and it's been implemented in a lot of things that really dri- dri- has driven products and um, has helped humanity forward. And now we're at a point where like we're overhyping it. Investors are throwing millions and billions of dollars in it, and now it's like too far. Now it's like just becoming scams and marketing and sales and. Yeah. 
Um, what are you doing to promote your shows? Are you running ads on Instagram? Are you... Well, my payments are blocked on, from Facebook. <laughs> so I cannot do that. And if I want to do it, I have to circumvent their policies, which I've done a few times, but then I get blocked on those new accounts. And I really always find like a way to block me because I run out of credit cards. I already tried five different ones. So it's kind of getting a mess. Um, so I, and also like, since I cannot link it to my own account, I cannot do the proper targeting for the ads. Um, so basically, yeah, not, no Instagram, TikTok. I think I've done it once for my uh, personal show last year. Um, my solo show. And besides that, which you have another coming up, right? I have, I have, I have a show on the 5th of May in La Rubia at 8 PM. Yeah. That's why you're on the podcast, the, the plug it. For sure. Yeah. So I've got a question for you. Okay. Lay it on me. What's, so, what's happening? I saw your previous solo show, and it was all the, the, the message you were pushing was entirely about how you're not, you don't have autism. But then I saw a clip of you recently, and the whole bit was about how... You do all your all your okay. Uh, uh, oh, gotcha! Oh, snap! <laughs> so I'm wondering, I'm wondering what direction your new solo show is going to take. What's going to be your? Uh... We got it. We got it. Don't give. Uh, no, what's your plan for your new solo show? Well, let 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 me explain. All right. Okay. So I was writing this show like back in the day. And I didn't really know what I was going to bring because I had a title, Act Normal. I know that I was going to do it about something about things that are normal and not normal. But I had a lot of like drafts and ideas. There was an idea that didn't have autism in it at all. Because it's something I actually didn't like to or still don't like talking about it that much. I don't want to be typed as that person. Um, then there was a version where I would have said like, hey, I have autism, feel bad for me, or something like that, and or have respect for me, I, I'm making fun of myself. But And then there was like a version where I would say like, I don't have autism. Uh, but the thing is, the reality is that I do not have the answer. Um, because I got a diagnosis when I was six years old, five, six years old. The diagnosis was probably forced as my mom took it to court. I, 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 I read my book, uh, listeners. <laughs> it's all in there. But yeah, so I don't really know. There are reasons to like believe that these, this diagnosis was a bit forced. And besides that, there hasn't really been a new diagnosis. There's nothing really explicit about my characteristics that would scream autism. Do you but, think it's cool to have autism these days? No. No? No, no, no. But like, do you think people think it's cool? No. It seems what? very trendy. Yeah. Feels like that's how you get a Netflix special. Maybe not autistic. You have to say neuroatypical. It's a thing uh, on Twitter. People use well, it as like a shield. Atypical, yeah, but that like includes a lot of things. Yeah, right? that's the point. It's like people claiming to be a nerd or whatever, right? Uh -huh. It's just like... Or right, a geek, yeah. Right, but dude. The thing is that I don't want to be that. Uh, I thought that was the best part of your show. Well, the thing is, for my show, uh, I decided to eventually go the way um, of, like, leaving a doom. So I basically gave both theories to the audience, where I said, there's one theory where it's basically a forced diagnosis and I don't have it, or there's another theory where I actually do have it, but I'm able to camouflate it because I like have a decent intelligence and I've been, like, learning from around me and desperately didn't want to have it, and therefore uh, I'm acting and... You've been studying hiding. human behavior enough... Something like that, yes, which is an actual scientific theory because I read a book about it, so which covers that. Um, so I actually tried to leave it do it. So basically, the conclusion, John, that you came up with, like, I don't have autism, that is the conclusion that you drew out of it. All right, I thought that's um, what you were pushing, but yeah. All right. But now I'm, I'm changing it up again. Look, he's a, he's a showman now, all right? And if autistic autism puts butts in the seats then you know he can play but that. the thing is like what i was like so scared of is like i'm gonna get typed as this um you know what's crazy is that we have that other guy reuven running around who's desperately trying to get everybody to think he's autistic i believe he's i legitimately <laughs> believe I he's, he's, autistic. he's doing the right job i do agree with you i like <laughs> 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 um, i because i was doing my, my therapist was like you either have adhd or or autism uh, <laughs> that's a big 
Yeah, which is, I don't know, apparently there's a lot of uh, characteristics. Well, there, there that, are people that, who okay. have both. It's called ODHD. Yeah. So, so Artistic de- deficit? Yeah. It, obsessive it, attention deficit disorder, maybe? I don't know. I think all of us have some kind of amount of, like, autistic traits. You know, I don't think, like, you can... And, like, with ADHD, too, like, I think we can kind of recognize that in our own lives. Yeah. But, yeah, the whole labeling is what kind of drives it into these kind of lanes that... Um, well, I, I, for sure. I gotta jump in here, all right? As someone who has studied this topic quite extensively... Hey, fella. Virtually, uh... <laughs> Um, I too have studied autism at an exquisite detail. Well, and then you will agree that it's basically some way, as how I understand it the best, autism is basically the way that your brain imports information and processes information. So it's not related to the exact symptoms. The symptoms might show that you have it, but it's not specifically autism. Like not being able to communicate does not mean you have autism, or if you have autism does not mean that you're not capable to communicate. That's why people get either overdiagnosed or underdiagnosed all the time because there is no proper way to measure it. So if you come up and you say like, hey, some people have autistic traits, those are not autistic traits. Those are just symptoms that people use. And those are the stereotypes and these are the things that I have been dealing with my entire life. Yeah, I think it's one of those things as well. There's sort of like 10 common symptoms and you need like three or three or four of them so you can have completely different characteristics from somebody and then still fall under the same diagnosis if if it's the way that you kind of import information like i mean like audio like overstimulation is kind of like one of them that's one of them yeah it's something that like for me is very like prevalent but i'm sure there's other things on the kind of list but i mean that's just one type of information that i process a certain way that's like a little you know need I need to accommodate sometimes, you know, that is kind of, you know, part of, part of who I am, mm-hmm. you know, we all have these kind of things that make up. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. I'm normal. <laughs> are, are you Matt? No. I, I want to ask any woman in yeah. Barcelona what she thinks about that state. <laughs> Moving on to the next topic. <laughs> well, what I wanted to say about it is like, it's annoying that you can't just like puzzle through it yourself without then everybody else being like, oh, he's speculating on that. He must be. He's got it. <laughs> He's well, that's for sure got it. <laughs> I was going to say, at least we can all agree that John is, in fact, <laughs> yeah. autistic. Well, I mean, one thing that, like, in my youth I heard a lot is, like, oh, you're always looking for attention and, like, making fun of yourself. You're definitely autistic. Well, go through the whole list of symptoms of autism. It's not one of them. Yeah. But, and that's what, what made people call me weird. And I am definitely weird. I just don't think I have autism. <laughs> I'd say fair enough. Why do you think you're weird? Or like what, what? Because I always look for attention, Matt. That's why I begged you to be on this podcast <laughs> for two years, and now your microphones are taken upstairs. I can take it. Sorry. He doesn't know how little attention he's getting right now. <laughs> We're all um, all comedians who are kind of we all kind of want attention one way. Yeah. No shit. Like the, when I uh, this is something I say a million times with, but the improv performers, I'm at shocked because they don't they're not desperate to be on stage in front of everybody at every chance the people who do improv rather than stand up you think yeah a lot of them it's it's they do it under the right conditions you know they need it to be a jam kind of closed room and comfortable situation or a class but uh as a i think as a stand-up it's like no give me the the microphone let me that's a good point let me make them laugh with improv it seems like you kind of play by a set of tools well yeah and it's very team-oriented yeah, it's interesting. But Jacob, so I, the the point is that you're not the only one desperate for attention around these parts. Do you like doing stand up more than improv? I primarily do stand up. Yeah. I've been on uh, Matthew Murtas show uh, Cash for Less, which I won by the way once. Oh uh, yeah, huge. John mentioned that in your introduction, I'm sure. I uh, know, but you mentioned it on another episode, so everybody yeah. should uh, listen to all the episodes of the construct. Yeah, there's lots of little tidbits everywhere <laughs> in construct the clubhouse. Yeah. Um, so you want attention? That's one way you're weird? Yeah. And there's also like social anxiety, right? I think it's fair to say that I have some form of social anxiety. Yeah. Some form of obsession with certain comedians. (laughs) Uh, But I've had that in the past. I've had that with other women as well. But these are like things like anxiety is a symptom of autism, right? Is one of the many. Uh, Social anxiety is one of the many symptoms. 
But social anxiety can come from many different things, including being neglected as a child and child abuse. Um, which officially I have not been. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> officially, I, I... No, like that's like the weird thing. Like Officially, I have autism, but I have no form of depression or, or trauma. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I think about seeing different doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you go to? Yeah. No, the, the problem is that just like these things are never officially said on paper. So I obviously yeah. know that I have those, but I don't have that on paper. But Did I you do. Talk to the do your doctor about depression? Yeah, but like my therapist knows that I dealt with depression and like she agrees on that. I just yeah. don't have. Uh... What about your like doctor who prescribes like medicine or? Oh, oh, I don't see those and I probably should. Feels like that's the super expensive version. Like you go to a yeah. therapist and that like costs a lot of money already, and then to get the anything more, it's like a psychiatrist right at that stage. Yeah, and yeah. It's... well, I I would just go to I. I guess the first time that I got started like in medicine for like depression, it was from like a psychiatrist hospital kind of situation. But now it's just like I've been taking it for I'm 25, I started taking it when I was 18 for seven years. So it's just been like an occasional visit to the, my family doctor to get it. I thought you were um, going to be like, yeah, so now I just see this guy named Enrique on the corner of the park. The cheap ways. Yeah. It doesn't have to be expensive <laughs> if you don't want it to be. Yeah. I know a guy. Do comedy. And, you you know. just have to blow him. Yeah. <laughs> John, you don't have to blow him. Oh, but if you want to be cheered up, then maybe you would. I don't know. Um, he needs a little happy up too. Yeah, Enrique <laughs> needs some happiness. Yeah, we got off topic, but I'm like, oh, what we're talking? About? <laughs> I autism a little bit. Yeah, a long, a, a long bit. Let's talk about. Oh yeah, let's go to John's problems. <laughs> um, I've been obsessed with people before as well. It's bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so stupid. Um, yeah. Like someone touches your arm and uh, and that's it. I'm like, <laughs> I, I make up a whole thing. Yeah. What are you doing now? Been there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, someone, yeah, someone would be, someone would be nice to you. <laughs> it just never happens that someone's nice, all right? Well, be, you're in the, you're in the rough place that because because it doesn't happen when it does I, i'm you, scared <laughs> well no you react in a way that kind of ensures it doesn't happen again exactly you know? i make sure that my life stays stable <laughs> without any female involvement whatsoever it's like um lenny and of mice and men he gets the mouse and he loves the mouse so much that he yeah. squeezes the mouse and it oh, dies oh, in his head no oh, oh. You can't, you, just because you love the mouse, it means you, you should just hold it gently with open hands and yeah, let it run let away the, if it let, wants to. <laughs> let the mouse come to you. Yeah. That's such a great analogy, John. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, she didn't skip that in ninth grade. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> my, an ex-boss of mine once, well, that was also, it was a startup, so he was also a friend. He, like, said, he did, like, similar thing analogy, but he did it with, like, sand. Or like he said, like a relationship or like a woman is like sand that you hold in your hands, uh, and the more that you push it together, the more it disappears. Yeah. So you gotta get it all sopping wet, so it gets all stuck together. <laughs> so, so you're saying, so you're saying, if you make a lady wet, she stays. I think that makes sense. Exactly. No, 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 that's... I think we oh probably just God. lost all of our female <laughs> listeners too. Just turn real broy real quick. You had female listeners before. I don't, well, <laughs> not since I. No, probably not. <laughs> Jesus, what did you do? Nothing. Um, nothing, nothing, nothing. No. But it's like, I don't know, it seems unfair. Like, when women get obsessed, it's like, oh. But, like, when men get obsessed, other people die. It's just, it's like... <laughs> well, what I what I noticed is, like, um, when a woman gets obsessed with a man, the man would be like, yeah, sure, let's just have sex and then never call you back. And if it's the other way around, the women are like smarter than men, I guess, and they're like, oh, red flags, stay away, stay away. Mm, you think mm. men put up less um, boundaries, as it generally? Less yeah, I think there's like a thing that men think less of themselves, that they can get less women than women can get men. That's probably statistically correct That's as true, well. That's true, yeah. Uh, so. Men of the world, what do you think? <laughs> well, there's just not Let that many comments below. Yeah. There's not that many men that have 
had women be obsessed with them, right? Whereas I would say probably most oh, women have had so. Have you had a lot of women obsessed with of you, Matt? Oh, of course, I can't say that. No. <laughs> Fortunately, it's a room with four men, so we can't really... Yeah, yeah. We, nothing we say here leaves this room, guys. That's, the, that's the good we, news. We, 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 we're like an IT department over here, so masculine. Uh, ah, fuck that, I'm not apologizing. No. I'm a manly man, manning all over the manning world. Yeah. Shout out to Marnie. Marnie? Anyway, She's all right. cool. She is cool. She's Someone one of the good ones. She's a real one, that money. She's a real one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching... Wait, who are the bad ones, Matt? <laughs> I am too late. I've just once again gotten myself in trouble for talking. And I... Tell us more, Matt. No, no it's always... And how do you feel about it? No, I cannot... Look, every time I talk about how I feel, people get upset at me. So... <laughs> then why don't you talk about, about how you feel? Yeah. You should feel the right things. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> whatever you're feeling you're, wrong. You should feel what we want you to feel. Wrong. Have you guys had that with the therapist yet? Where the therapist is like, I know that you think you feel anger, but maybe perhaps is it, I don't know, like jealousy or jealousy? I'm like, no, I'm fucking angry. <laughs> Trust me, it's anger. It's anger. Nothing more than anger. Yeah. No, my therapist is like, no, Jacob, you are worth it. You can't do it. Ah, I stopped going. Did you? I couldn't afford to pay her for it. Oh, <laughs> so she and I had like an outstanding invoice, and she was hitting me up about it. And then I paid it eventually. But but like the first time she asked me to pay it, she was like, "And, and, and let me know if you want to schedule any other sessions." Yeah. And then eventually she was just like, "Fucking pay this." So then I didn't schedule anymore because I felt awkward. Yeah, I, I had a breakup with my therapist. That's the reason. Really? Yeah. Did your when you went to school? Did you guys have a therapist at at school? Like college? Or... Oh no, I, I had. Did. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you guys had like three I had an autism spectrum disorder mentor. Mentor? And I wow. Yeah, it was amazing. So you basically you go to like some uh, weird room, like you skip one class, and they put you like in a weird room with one of those assistants who's like a teacher who want to make some more money or something like that, and then I basically learned from all the stereotypes of what autism is on how they can help you study better and like fit in better. They like taught you. Th they didn't like listen to what you had to say. They just... Oh no, no, they, they're they're like, um, oh, so uh, yeah, uh, your grades are not 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 good. And I'm like, yeah, it's because someone put my head in the toilet. Yeah, yeah, okay. So let's make a schedule for this weekend. All right, autistic uh, kid. From like nine till ten a.m., you're gonna study this, and then you need to like uh, order your books in your locker like this. I'm like, that's not my problem. My problem is that Wait. someone banged my head into my locker. For fuck's sake. They they were teaching you how to be autistic, like hey 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 no look if you're gonna be autistic you need to have exactly, everything alphabetized. Exactly. <laughs> what are you doing? Wait, you can't have bad grades with the autistic. <laughs> Jesus, you're making the autistics look bad. Come on, how are you not good at math? <laughs> but you you had a therapist in school. Well, so I was going through a, a bad breakup. And uh, they had counseling services. So I go to see the counselor. I'm like, I'm super depressed. Wait, they have counseling services and school shootings. How does that? Oh, sorry. They go hand in hand. Usually <laughs> one leads to the other. It's like a wonderful cycle. But no, I went to the I went to the doctor. I said, hey, this, you know, I was in love with this girl. She broke up with me for this and this. Oh, no. I don't remember. I, I went like a couple of times. Once after a breakup, another when I was like miserable in the relationship. And there was one time where I was describing the girl and her, one of the reasons why I was particularly miserable is that this is, I'm like freshman, sophomore in college. Uh, and this girl was like, I think that we should have sex maybe once a month. I was like, what? This is the first girl I ever really dated too. And she's just like not into it. And uh, it made me feel a way about myself. And so I go to see this therapist and I describe the girl and the therapist is like, oh, she sounds really interesting. Can you get her in? I would love to talk to her. <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, no, but like, this is like, like... I could see you maybe once a month. Yeah. But <laughs> I was like, motherfucker. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, schools are so horrible. I'm glad I don't have to go there anymore. I don't know. I watch these videos from like U.S. public schools where like the kids are beating up the teachers and what? shit. Yeah. I mean... 
Yeah. No, in Belgium, we do that as well. We just throw shit at them, right? That's like... Who had the school shooting? It Was it Norway? Like, probably five or ten years ago now? Somebody shot, like, 70 kids? Yeah, Norway there was, like, one on, like, an island or whatever that... Yeah. That was pretty... Yeah. Was putting up high numbers. Yeah, see? Europe does it. <laughs> oh, like you're, you're, st- you're, still be- you're, you're still winning there. You're still better at it. Yeah, America is like American exceptionalism. But I feel like this whole thing is like whenever like some shit like that happens, there's like always people there like, oh, it's guns, it's guns, it's guns. And then there's other people like, yeah, those people are crazy. That's like, and there's like the two camps, but like no one even tries to think about like maybe if this happens on such a regular basis, there's something wrong with your education. Sorry, I'm just throwing, <laughs> just throwing it out here. Now, now, now your podcast is definitely going to be banned. Uh, yeah, you can't talk bad about U.S. education here. Podcasts, you can still say whatever you want, right? I think it's like, I don't know. They don't get stopped for content at all on Spotify. Um, yeah. Not true. Joe didn't Joe Rogan have to pull stuff off? Okay, I don't think we're gonna get the oh. Joe Rogan kind of. Uh... Uh, listen, Tommy, I know you're new here, but this is this is basically Joe Rogan 2.0. Yeah, and and, and the, the last guest, Andrew Tate. I mean, they had to take that offline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but not off of like podcasting platforms. You know, it's it's gonna be on uh, Andrew Tate. I'm sure can podcast on Pod Chaser if yeah. he wants to or whatever. You know. <laughs> Anyway, Rogan's a big fan of ours. He just recently, based on our inspiration, decided to start a comedy club, which is great. It's good to see. Good to see the young kids really uh, getting out there, you know? Yeah, it's good to see. Yeah. Yeah. Versus one that that rocks. Yeah, exactly. There's like, uh, there was an article recently in the newspaper and it said that someone, some comedian in Belgium, owned the comedy club in Bruges. And I read the article because I was excited. Or I was yeah. really, I promise you, I was actually excited. And then I read the article and said, like, we will do a comedy show once a month. Yeah. I was like, no, this is not a, a club. This is a big pet peeve of mine. Yeah, this whole comedy club that's actually just a show every now and again. You guys are really... That's really big in the UK, point. I think. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like empty spaces during the day or classes? Or... No, no, no. It's people saying that they go, yeah, I run a comedy club. Uh, and you're like, oh, really? Where is it? And they go, well, it's at this bar every Saturday oh, night. Oh, bar that they're already running? Yeah. They, should, yeah. they don't own the bar. They don't own the, the yeah. Yeah, seats. Yeah. Right or it moves places. Like, every other week it's here, and then once a month we do yeah. it over here. It's yeah. like, dude, that's... That's you, a show. You run shows. You run shows out of other people's well, places. So I can basically say that I own a comedy club for oh, no, no, we're trying to fight fight this, Jacob. We, we want to be the change we want to see. <laughs> you're a fantastic showrunner. Well, no, I am. So bitch about it for a sec. Like, what are your big pet peeves? No, the thing is, like, I feel like for at least, let's pick a year ago, a few months ago, whatever time ago, I don't think people, like, told a lot about me in general, and they didn't really see me as a comedian or a host or anything, and that got me quite frustrated because I wanted to be all of those things. Mm. And... Apparently, you actually need to make good jokes and yeah, put, put effort into it to achieve yeah. that. So I learned that uh, along the way. No, but it is a bit frustrating because I started doing comedy right well, I did it once before the pandemic. Then I got frustrated because of the pandemic. And then like there was like this whole twilight zone where you did like shows in at lunch yeah and where i could never get on because there were like 100 people trying to get on to perform in front of those three people that, that were brave enough to show up yeah that was wild there was a and that was a very interesting time to, to start doing comedy because like i was like doing what was it sunday fun day and these shows back then do you have a pancake show yeah, at La Dorotea back in the day. Oh, yeah, on Christmas you did one, right? Yeah, it was start of start of COVID when bars were still allowed to be open, I guess, or yeah. somewhere in the middle of COVID where they were allowed to be open and then went and had to shut again. Yeah, well, and that was like, like the, 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 that was apparently not a normal scenario. So that was like when I started doing comedy and like I met some of the people here. Wanted to be friends with them, pushed a bit, a bit too hard because that's because of my anxiety and the person I am. And so basically, after like being here for like two, three years, I didn't make that much of great connections because I like people thought I was just a weird audience member, uh, which I were <laughs> in a way. And then I like all of a sudden said, I'm going to do my one hour show. They're like, you don't have an hour. 
Yeah. You can't do an hour. You can't do an hour. And I was like, oh, I will. And then that went, well, not awful. And then I started like taking it more serious and like doing, I host here like a few shows in December, half organizing the Christmas thing. Then I started doing the thing in Black Lab, uh, Jokes and Beers in Black Lab. And now I'm performing four or five times a week since January, which is becoming a lot. But like, do you feel that you've improved? It's feedback that I'm getting a lot. Yeah. No. I don't think I've seen you in a few months now. You see me all the time. Besides your Monday, the shitty mic, I think, and your bartender. Yeah. You never watch shows, so what are you talking? Well, I know, but I'm just what I'm. We're busy. We have to. Check something upstairs. No, like this week I was here at Fat Goose, then there was Funky Chunky Shitty Mike, and I went to Fismo on Tuesday. I did Gemma's show yesterday. I was headlining. What's your favorite show to perform at that's not at the Comedy Clubhouse? I think Fismo is doing quite well because they have a good room, a large room with a stage. Uh, obviously, my old mic is quite good. I just need to mention that. Um, it's really, yeah, I mean, if you ask my personal taste, I don't know, I would say Fismo because like I did a few sets there that went very well just for that reason. But most open mics, and I don't want to like insult anyone, most open mics that are not in the clubhouse are not doing that well audience-wise, I think. Or I'm not asked on them. So it's like... Have you done Bart show? I've done Bart show and they had a few good evenings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. them is not doing well. Marek's show had one good evening, uh, the Joe Jones night. Okay. Um, yeah. I do think people should know more how to, how to run a show. Like, I think there's probably 10 things Marek could easily do to get a get few a microphone. people. Get a microphone. Well, yeah, they're, not, they're not allowed from the bar, and that's like rubbing all, salt into the go wood. Go to a different bar. Well, they don't want to because they want to support Max, the the bartender there. And I already proposed to do a silent disco comedy night. Uh, yeah, there's I mean, there's other ways to get people in a bar than comedy. Right. There's other things that we could do to help Max there. Yeah, but it, it, pop quiz there. anything without sound, basically, they cannot use a microphone. You cannot use a speaker. You cannot. No. Even for a pub quiz, you would need a microphone. And you don't need it. You just need a project. Well, I think Mara's doing a pub quiz there now. Oh, oh cool. That's good. Mistake. People um, like the one I did, uh, Other Imperfecto. Yeah, well, it's like... I was thinking... Oh, I actually asked Max to do a show there. Uh, his venue back when mics were still allowed. And then he didn't want me to do a show there. You did your solo there. I did my solo there, yeah. As well. But I think it's a bit of a hard venue because in that location, not that many people speak English, I know, because I live there. Yeah. Um, well, and the room itself is not really set up for comedy, necessarily. Right, it's not finished. I think that's a bit of a thing. That doesn't help. I think it could work very well because, like, my show in Black Lab has windows and daylight. And I feel like that's something that people do appreciate. Really? For no mic, yeah, because a lot of people are not hardcore into comedy. They just want to have a chill night with a beer, good seats, some interior. Like this, these are things people care about, and I think that that works in my <clears throat> in my favor there. Mm. It might be worth passing around the Andy J Ritchie how to run a show document again. Yeah, yeah, something there like that. There is documents. Yeah. What if I only had that document from the beginning? <laughs> I can't believe I didn't give it to you. What what is in there? So it's it's hilarious. It's called the Matthew Murtha Come Connection. What's the name of, of the? Of course it is. So this is probably like six years ago now. Uh, Andy Ritchie and his girlfriend at the time went to Berlin. Came back as though they saw Jesus. They're like, "Holy shit! That's how you run comedy shows." And they're like, "All right, guys." And they had like a pan Barcelona comedy meeting, and it was basically to be like, "All right." These are the things that make a show good. You want low ceilings, low lights, uh, a nice mic, cool interior, and um, kind of a high class vibe. And a couple, he listed maybe a couple other things. And it was just like 
this is this is the way. But you, yeah. you you don't have you don't have a high class vibe or an interior. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have an interior upstairs. Well, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Andy Richards. No, but I feel like I, when I started doing my shows, and basically I couldn't do them here because you were already doing a hundred open mics here. We didn't give you one. One recurring time slot. We wanted to test you out on Tuesday first and then see. See, I already were tested out last. Anyway, we're not going to have this discussion again. What I'm trying to say is it worked out for me well because I could design a show how I felt a show should be designed. So I went to a bar that has a big name that has that already has a nice atmosphere, a great interior, a place that people already love hanging out. And I was like, I'm going to do an open mic, but I'm going to do it like... I assume how it's done in Chicago or whatever. And you just put a microphone in a bar. I'm going to do it like that. And uh, I'm going to do it with a break and stuff like that. And then people can chill and hang out. And that was basically the concept that I had in my head. So I basically built it up entirely the way I wanted it to do. And yeah, I feel like... I did the same with Sharp Gop. I was like, in Chicago, they do crappy open mics. So I did that for Sharp Gop. Jamie did that for her show. It's amazing how many people, when given the option to do any kind of comedy show they want, they go the like, I'm going to do the worst one. Well, not the worst one, but, yeah. but the style of show, you know? Yeah, but I think, like, and I, what I notice at my show is that I get the most audience members that are not hardcore into comedy. I get them from everywhere, because here, this is a theatre. You have to go downstairs, you have to sit on those chairs, you have yeah. to, like, focus. But me, it's like, it's, it's what it's called, what is it, like... Um, a uh, relaxed show. I, I basically have the only relaxed comedy show in Barcelona, inclusive for people with autism spectrum <laughs> disorder, as so the French wanted me to. Sharp go up as the most relaxed comedy show in Barcelona. That's how I believe. There's not enough light to be a, be a relaxed comedy show. <laughs> Maybe I'll leave the lights on. <laughs> yeah. Slumber party? It's got to be pretty relaxing. It's always so late. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to go sometime, but. I'm always uh, already do too many things. Yeah, midnight shows no fun, no fun. I don't think we even. Absolutely, really Gales was a good show. I heard that that one got cancelled. Hey, if you're still listening, which one? <laughs> Absolute Chaos by Stuart. Oh yeah, Stuart understands. Pour one out to Stu. Mm, it was yeah, it was necessary. What? Anyway, we've been going for over an hour. Oh well, all right, well. Say bye. Yeah, I think I need to um, run and like uh, assemble a speaker for my show, Jokes and Beers, <laughs> apparently. Well, well, let's thank Jacob for joining us. Yeah, anything thank you, you want to tell the people? Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm doing my show on May 5th in La Rubia. Don't worry, it's before Bomb Shelter, so you can make both of them. Yeah. So... Nice. Attaboy. Cool. Thanks for joining us.